Hello and welcome. I'm Marquette and you're listening to Mind Body Dallas. I am so excited to have Jack on the show today. Jack Walker Drake has been a resident of the Preston Hollow neighborhood since he was five years old and has always been fascinated by its history. He wrote his book on the history of Preston Hollow at the age of 15. Jack is a senior at Trinity Christian Academy and has served as an elder at Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church. He has a lifelong passion for aviation and plans on attending the Ohio State University next year and will major in aviation management. Jack, hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on and to share a little bit about Preston Hollow. Yes, this is going to be an awesome show. I I know a lot of us here in Preston Hollow are going to be so fascinated by this awesome book and your um, efforts to bring us all of this information. I'm so excited to hear everything you have to say. So, okay, you've got to tell me. So what inspired you to write the book on Preston Hollow? So this whole, this whole project came about over COVID. Since I had, just like everyone else, a lot more downtime, I took a lot more walks in the neighborhood with my dog, rode bikes around with my friends, and I'd start to pass by homes that caught my eye, such as homes that are designed by Charles Dilbeck or other famous architects we've had in Dallas. And when I would look at the address or try to Google it to find out more information for these marvelous homes, you could find hardly anything on the internet. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, just the general history of the Preston Hollow neighborhood, you also have a very hard time finding information on the internet. So I decided that I would be the one to take on the project and compile all the history and document these stories. Wow, that is amazing. So was that a lot for you? I mean, tell me about the process. So I started off, I really wanted to have, since there's the the good thing about my timing doing this is you still have some of the original Preston Hollow residents. And what I mean by that is people who were born in the neighborhood in the 30s or the 40s, and they grew up in Preston Hollow. And many of them have lived their their whole lives in this part of Dallas. And the great thing about that is the people who know the history best, in my opinion, are the people that witness it themselves. So I was able to through my church, Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church, as well as some other connections, I wrote letters to a lot of the original Preston Hollow residents, just wondering if I could speak with them, as well as writing letters to the homeowners of various significant homes that I wanted to highlight in the book. And I was 15 years old at this time, so I had no idea how this was going to go. (laughs) I had no idea, are these people going to trust me to come do this, especially during COVID? Like, how are these people going to allow me in their homes? And the first letter I wrote was to the Parham family at 6126 Lakehurst. And I think it's fitting that that was the first letter I sent because that was that home as well as one that was built alongside it were really the first residential homes in Preston Hollow that weren't associated with a farm. They were purely for residential use. 
And so since that was really the first home in Preston Hollow, I thought it was fitting that that would be the first one I reached out to. And Mrs. Parham responded to my letter and we set up a time and I went and toured the home and she shared some of her documents. And then from there, the ball just kept rolling. And that over that summer, so that was May of 2020. And over that summer, I would just go to many homes. And then after that, I'd come home and talk on the phone with longtime residents. And it was just really neat to hear all the stories. Wow. Oh, I'm so proud of you. And that's so fun. And also, I'm inspired that you did that at such a young age. Um, And I'm sure these residents just got a kick out of you (laughs) you coming this young guy that's excited and you know you're not just sitting around on social media you're really like trying to do something amazing with their homes I'm sure they felt so flattered were they just so flattered and excited to share with you I've I mean I've had had a lot of support from them a lot of especially even after the book was published and they could hold it in their hands and give it to their kids and say, even if, especially if they, there were pictures of them from when they were kids in there and they could give it to their own children and grandchildren and be like, this is what it my this was my childhood. And I never, when I had the idea back in the very beginning to start it, I never really fully grasped how much of a difference it would make in the lives of the people who were in the book, not only the ones in the book, but just the people who grew up in the neighborhood. And it's really, I mean, it's really been amazing just to connect, even after the book's published, connect with so many more people and share their stories. And a lot of people have remembered even more stuff just from reading the book. Like I had someone tell me that there is a pool at Preston Hollow Park where a lot of the kids would swim in the summertime and that pool was in the book and then I had someone else who was like I totally forgot about that pool until I reread your book except just hearing that unlocked the memories and made me think back to my childhood so it's the stories like that that I really enjoy oh I bet oh my gosh that's so that's so neat I love that I mean okay let's back up just for a minute you said you did all of this in You said the first one was May of 2020. So we're in the middle of a COVID lockdown. And like you said, you didn't know if anyone, how would this be received? Would it be well-received? Would they ignore you? Who knows? But you did get some yeses. And tell us how you conducted these interviews in the middle of a COVID lockdown. I mean, really, as I mentioned earlier, the letters is how I reached out to them and then I would find a time where I could if it was a home I was visiting I'd find a time where I can go and visit and they would tour me around and I would take a bunch of pictures and then it was really I mean I really have to thank all the people that were involved because without them I mean without them I really couldn't have showcased especially the significant homes in the in the proper way A lot of these homes, especially in the western part of the neighborhood, are gated. So Mm -hmm. you can't see, you can't even see them from the street, even if you live in the neighborhood. And then even ones that aren't, just the inside, especially the ones that are well preserved, the insides are so wonderful that it's just, 
it was important to me in order to showcase them properly and have a I have a whole chapter dedicated to um, the Charles Dilbeck homes as well as some of the original ones and those interviews is really how really how I was able to pull that off wow that's phenomenal and okay well speaking of Charles Dilbeck uh, tell us about some of the famous architects and maybe a few of your you said the word you know significant or even maybe favorite or highlight a few for us so Charles, I'll start with Charles Dilbeck, just because he was probably the most famous architect in Preston Hollow. He moved to Dallas in 1933 from Tulsa, and he had a short career in Tulsa. He went to Oklahoma State Architecture School and then dropped out to start his own firm. He was a very good success in Tulsa, except moved to Dallas just because there was so much opportunity at this time period. One of his earliest homes in Dallas was in Preston Hollow over on Ravine, um, Ravine Drive, and that was the Scrimshire home. And then he ended up building two more homes next to that one, as well as, I mean, it's unfortunately so many of them have been torn down. It's hard mm. to get an exact number, except there's still 14 remaining in the neighborhood. But I have been working with um, a gentleman who is writing a book on Charles Dilbeck's work just to help him with the Preston Hollow homes. And he says that there were probably 400 plus Dilbecks in all of Dallas. Whoa. And it was neat to see just since the different areas of Dallas are so different. Mm. For example, Dilbeck's works were the Park Cities, Old East Dallas, Lakewood area, the Stevens Park area, he had a lot of famous homes there. He even had a lot of some ranches outside of the city limits. But they were all so different. And what was so unique about the Preston Hollow homes was the land. Because many of the the lots in Preston Hollow, especially in the west side of the neighborhood, it's multiple acres. So he was really able to build what he called the the country estate and just show, showcase that style. A lot of it was French Norman and English. He kind of imposed both of those styles and then had his own unique twist to it. And so we were fortunate to have many of those homes in Preston Hollow. Hal Thompson was another architect who built some famous homes in Preston Hollow as well as Howard Meyer. And then on the more commercial side, Mark Lemon, who was one of the most famous architects who built in downtown Dallas. He didn't dabble as much in residential, except he designed Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church. Mm. And if you go just maybe a mile down the street, the SMU campus, which was largely done by Lemon, you can kind of see the resemblance of the, the Georgian style, except the Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church building all of the original building is still standing. It's very well preserved. For example, it still has the original slate roof. And so it's just wonderful that even though with all the redevelopment in Preston Hollow, there's still so much legacy back to the old architects. Wow. Yeah, that is pretty phenomenal and wonderful. Like you said, I love that. Um, I bet being in 
so many of these people's homes and uh, all of the research you did and the asking around and hearing these stories. I mean, surely you got some pretty juicy stories. Like, are there any crazy stories you learned that you wouldn't mind sharing? (laughs) Oh, yes, I'd love to. So there was a home that was, it was just torn down a few years ago on Meadow, 6331 Meadow. And that was built in 1923. So it was one of the first homes in the neighborhood. And it was in, I guess, in the early 1940s, there was a murder in the home, the family that lived there. So it had become abandoned because no one wanted to live where the murder was. And then I guess robbers are like an old time Bonnie and Clyde type robber gang inhabited the home and kind of used it as their hideout. And I guess I heard people say that there was money, people, they would stash money in the walls. And then all the neighborhood kids would kind of envision it as the haunted house. And on Halloween, the kids would all go in in the go into the house from all over in the neighborhood and mess around except the <laughs> coolest part of that story was the p- police officer in Preston Hollow his name was Larry Trice and he was the Preston Hollow government was without taxes and that was that was part of the draw to living in Preston Hollow was oh. people who were mad about rising taxes and the Dallas city limits or the park cities so there were no taxes in Preston Hollow. All the city positions were volunteer. So there was the volunteer fire department, which was mainly 16, 17-year-old boys because all the, the older teenagers were off fighting World War II. And then there was the police officer, Larry Trice, who really the only action he saw was issuing traffic tickets at Preston and Northwest Highway, and that's how he made his salary except the highlight really was when he had to go bust up the robber gang. (laughs) He, the home caddy corner across the street, he had that neighbor go in his upstairs window with his shotgun in case something went wrong when he raided the home. Oh my goodness. How'd it go? Did it go, anything go wrong? (laughs) You have to use the shotgun? You know, I don't really, I don't think so. I, I, it's really hard to find that, anything about that story, uh, more details, except be, the homes, even though, it, first of all, it was already rumored to be haunted. There was right. the murder. And then on top of it, it was completely trashed by the robbers and I guess oh. squatters and whatever else was in there. So it was still abandoned for many more years, really until like the 60s or 70s, someone came and patched it up. But other than that, I mean, I guess wow. Officer Trice continued to serve. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. What about any crazy stories you've learned from, like, more recent times? Or were there any crazy stories that you'd like to share about going into people's homes? Like, maybe not by name, but any <laughs> any kind of crazy, crazy stories now that just make you chuckle? Um, let's see. I'd have to think about that. I don't really, I mean, I don't really know if this is a crazy story. It's not really about the people, but it's, I guess, another crazy story about a home. There's a home that's right on the Bachman branch 
next to the Ursuline campus. Mm -hmm. And that was also one of the first homes in Preston Hollow, 1926. And what was so cool about that home is there were two very prominent Dallas schools that have their roots there. And people, especially one of them, it's not really known. So Ursuline, it's, I think it's, it started somewhere in the Swiss Avenue area near downtown around the turn of the century. And then in the early 1904, the, either the 40s or the 50s, I think it was right after World War II. So they moved, they purchased this home, which had like 20 plus acres. It was a huge property. And they, Ursuline had their classes in this home for many years until they built their campus present day. And then they kept the land that the campus was on, which was originally part of this property. And then they sold the home to Cistercian. Yep. And in the mid 1960s, Cistercian had their, I think even for three years, had their classes in this home before they moved out to Irving. And it's remarkable that they had their start there because many people don't know that it was it started in Preston Hollow. Yeah, I would have never known that. Huh. Wow, that's super interesting. Oh my gosh, you've learned so much. This is just awesome. What's one of the favorite, the most, what's one of your personal favorite things that you've learned through all of this? It can be about a person, a home, a, an architect, anything. I mean, is there just one standout highlight? I think just the story of just the Preston, Preston Hollows, I guess, coming to age as a whole, it's very unique and it's very, it's kind of the opposite of what you would imagine for a high, the high prominent neighborhood it is today. I mean, it was basically Ira Deloche, who, um, that's where Deloche Avenue comes from. He was working in downtown Dallas and then in his, his wife's, somewhere in his wife's family, they had a bunch of land near Lubbock, Texas. And he developed that land and then decided that he wanted to come back to this part of Dallas because he knew of the area. What was really unique was all the natural water streams like the Bachman Branch and the various natural streams in the west part of the neighborhood. And he really had the vision. I want to turn, I want to turn this farmland into country living in the city. Wow. And the idea was that you would have big lots, lots of animals running around, people riding horses, and then they could take the train, the Cotton Belt, the St. Louis Southwestern Railway, which is now the tollway. There was a stop at where Meters crosses the tollway, mm. and then where Lover's Lane crosses the tollway. And then you had Preston. Preston also came out here, except it was a dirt road. But you so you really had two ways to get to downtown Dallas, except if people decided to move out, they could have more room. And you had it was slow at the at start because they didn't have water or utilities. Electricity came in 1924. And then water the around 200 people that lived out here formed a water district. And in 1930, got City of Dallas water. And really after that, after the water came in 1930s, when the development really started happening, yeah. just in the mid to late 1930s. And you had a lot of prominent Dallas families who, 
I guess, risked it all to move out here. There wasn't any commercial businesses until 1938, and that was LaBella's Barbecue at Preston Center, except Preston Center, like we know it today, with lots of different stores, restaurants, that the Preston Center didn't really get that many commercial businesses until the 50s. So while the 30s were the main period for residential development, the 50s was the main period for commercial development. So Preston Hollow didn't have that draw of nice shops and restaurants as it does today. Wow. So yeah, it was like, like you said, risky or um, a big, something big to dream, like really think of. You really were kind of moving out to the way out to the country. In I mean, the 30s, it was, <laughs> until oh, the 50s definitely. came. But, you know, I, in the 30s, is like, whoa. It was really, really at that time, in the early 30s, anything north of Mockingbird was considered the country. Wow. I mean, people considered SMU to be out in the country. And then I guess beyond Northwest Highway, what they called living beyond the sticks. So oh. Someone in the Dallas Morning News coined that term, and it kind of stuck. Except it's funny just to, with you think about how big Dallas has gotten today, this seems super close to downtown, except you had, I mean, you had wild animals, you had hunting, you had people milking their own cows for food, you had people keeping livestock on their land. Many of the people had horses. People would ride horses to church at Preston Hollow or just ride them around the neighborhood to see their friends. Wow. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. I grew up in the country and um for the most part at least we moved out there like elementary junior high and um yeah, we would ride horses and that it reminds me of like where way out in East Texas where I grew up. <laughs> and it's so cool to think of because you're right. Those times like I can only imagine in 50 or 60 or 100 years it's going to be like those will be a t- a time of the past, but I cannot even imagine that where I grew up, which is truly in the country, is how Preston Hollow was with us. You and I living here now in Preston Hollow is like, what? That was, we were, they were riding horses there and milking their own cows and everything you just said. I mean, that's just hard to fathom. I mean, it's, it is pretty cool to think about, I guess, just with so much progress, which the progress is definitely welcome because, oh yes, you know, as cool as it was living in the country back then, for Preston Hollow to be the thriving neighborhood it is today is you needed the shops, the restaurants, the new development. But when you go down Northwest Highway and there's, you know, high 15-story office and residential towers, I mean, I guess on the surface, a lot of the old country days has kind of been washed over. But I guess if you really look I mean, there's still the signs, if you know where to look, of the country. For example, a lot of the old homes were built, they were built as country estates, which I talked a little bit about that earlier with the Dilbeck homes. But really, the the idea there was you would have almost like a farmhouse, ranch house type home on a large property. And then the roads were built. A lot of the roads still don't have curbs and sidewalks. And the reason for that was in order to have the country feel, they were all gravel back in the city of Preston Hollow days. So before it was annexed by Dallas, 
And then when Preston Hollow was annexed by Dallas in 1945, all the residents were given the option. The city of Dallas could either just pave the street or if they wanted to have a curb like for drainage and or a sidewalk, people of each block had to pay for it themselves. Mm. So that's why it's kind of a hodgepodge of a street without a curb. And then the next block has a curb and a sidewalk or something like that. Except the roads that don't have it, it, it's you still kind of have that country feel when you're driving around. Yes, definitely you do. Huh? Yeah, I have wondered why, why it's like that. But now that you say it, it makes sense because it was each block or each street. <laughs> wow. Okay, with all that you've learned about architecture and architecture and um, you know, even roads and in engineering towns and everything. I mean, do you have any interest in that at all? I I know that you've had a lifelong interest and passion for aviation and and you're going to Ohio State University next year. I'm so excited for you there and studying aviation, but could architecture be anything or is this just a passion, just a hobby? You know, it's funny because as you mentioned, I've had the passion for aviation my whole life. Just when we would travel somewhere, I just loved every minute of being at the airport, being on the plane, just everything about it made me excited. And this, everything with Preston Hollow, it almost came about as an accident over COVID, just from all the walking, except I've really learned a lot more about architecture than I, than I ever thought I would. And it's honestly a really neat hobby, just learning about the different designs and the different architects. And as much as I as much as I love everything I've done here, my, I mean, my aviation passion is still pretty strong. So yeah. the, goal, the goal is to go on and study aviation management and then be on the management side of an airline. Oh. Except I don't, I, I definitely want to keep, keep my passion for history and architecture alive. I've had the great opportunity to um, do, do many speaking engagements where I've been able to present on both the architecture and the history of Preston Hollow. So I hope to continue to do things like that, as well as keep, you know, keeping up to date on the Preston Hollow History Facebook group. I've d- discovered even more things through that and shared even more stories that I wasn't able to share in the book. Wow. Yeah, I guess it's just one thing really truly leads to another. It's kind of an evolution an evolving uh, topic and hobby for you, which is really cool for all of us to witness and to also be a part of. Um, thank you for sharing that with all of us, because I know that we're all just enjoying the wild ride and you're providing a lot of info for us and a lot of connections that we wouldn't otherwise have. Like you're turning on light bulbs for us that that we could just never really turn on for ourselves. So we, I'm speaking for myself and all of Preston Hollow, like we just really appreciate you so much and all the work and um, awesome efforts you've put into all of this. Okay. So you love aviation management. You love architecture. You love speaking. You love, I mean, what are the plans for the future, Jack? (laughs) What is, what is next for you? And um, what is, what is your next big goal or tell us something about the next few years and 
we want to follow along. We want to stay tuned. Well, I'm super excited to share, I guess for the first time on a public forum, that I have begun my second project on Preston Hollow. And I am super excited to share uh, more details on that um, when I'm able to. But so in the meantime, I'll be working on that. And hopefully, hopefully by the fall, by the fall, that can be released. And then I, I guess at that same time, I'll be packing up from the neighborhood I've lived in most of my life and living in Columbus, Ohio. Oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a great transition for you. Um, you'll be really spreading your wings and, you know, giving the sky will not be the limit for you with aviation coming for us and for you and for all of us. We want to watch you spread your wings and fly. So how can we stay tuned? First of all, You've got to be on my show again. We got to do this again in fall so you can give your big announcement and um, we'll be waiting for you for in that big announcement. But also in the meantime, um, you mentioned your Facebook group and um, also how can we buy your book? So tell us all of that. And I'm going to link all of this on the show notes here. So for anyone listening, I'll put all of this in the bottom uh, of the show notes here. But Jack, tell us how to find you and how to get your books. Yes, well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed <laughs> being able to dis- to discuss all this and to share this story. Um, for staying in touch, as you mentioned, really the best way is the Preston Hollow History Facebook group. The, what I really like about a group is not only am I able to post things, but neighborhood residents are able to post things. So it's really cool, especially around an event. For example, a few years ago when we had the big snowstorm, I asked people, if you have any photos of Preston Hollow in the snow, I'd love for you to post them. And people found these photos from when they were kids and there was a snow day and they were all at the park or in front of their homes and just very neat things like that. For the book itself, it can be purchased at the Barnes and Noble right over by North Park uh, and Terrabang Books. Sometimes uh, the Walgreens in Preston Hall will have it in stock and then online, Barnes and Noble online. I want to say Target has it too. You can buy it on Amazon as well as on the Arcadia Publishing website. Perfect. Okay, good. Well, those are all great Um locations for all of us here in Preston Hollow listening for all the Preston Hollow people we can pop over but for anyone else listening um from further away I'll link those for them to you know just purchase with a click thank you yeah you're welcome well Jack thank you for your time and thanks again for all of your efforts and uh I'm so proud of you and so excited for you and thank you again for being on the show yes well thank you again for having me thank you for all the listeners for tuning in um, I hope you enjoyed hearing this story. Um, as she mentioned, if you if you want to connect, uh, be sure to join that Facebook page. You can shoot me a message or a comment if you have any other questions about something in the neighborhood or want to hear more. Amazing. All right. Well, that'll wrap us up. Thanks, Jack. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.